Cahan is supported in part by Hilltop Broadband. Hilltop Broadband for residential and business wireless internet service. Servicing Salida and Poncha Springs in Chaffee County, as well as areas in Fremont County, Custer County, and more. To experience the Hilltop difference and request new customer information, email info at hilltop-broadband.com or call toll-free 877-783-2889. Cahan is supported in part by Little Red Hen Bakery, located at 302 G Street in downtown Salida. Little Red Hen specializes in hometown fresh-baked bread, bagels, and treats, all made with organic and local ingredients. A full menu, including the wood-fired oven schedule and daily specials, can be found on their Facebook page at Little Red Hen Salida. Cahen and Little Red Hen, just two hometown chickens working to keep Salida, Salida. Welcome, friends, to another edition of On the Rails with me, Forrest Whitman, here at KHEN 106.9 on your FM dial. And as always, the old caboose is hooked up here. We've got uh, we've got our engineer up in the front end, Mr. Rick White. He's up there. He's he's sticking his head out the uh, engine window, doffing his, his hat. And we have a special guest today, Spencer Dodge. And we want to invite him to relax back here in the caboose. If he, if he wants to sit up in the angel seat up above where he can look out over the landscape as we roll along, he can sit up there. Or it's more comfortable to sit down here next to the CB&Q, Chicago Burley and Quincy. This is, you remember, my old caboose from my conductor days on the, on the Burlington, a railroad that's long, that's in railroad. <laughs> Stop yeah. laughing. No, we're not supposed to laugh. But anyway, it's the water cooler. It's down here. Thank you. For Welcome, that. Spencer, to On the Rails. Yeah, Forrest, thank thanks for having me. Yeah, and thank you for that introduction, Forrest. And uh, I'd like to say we have had uh, Mr. Dodge here as a guest in the past, and very happy to have you back. Very I'm happy. happy. <laughs> now, do you have a new title, Spencer? Uh, no, my title's still the same. Uh, still the liaison with the Southwest Chief and Front Range Passenger Rail Commission. All right. Well, so we just jump right in. I mean, do you feel like answering the question? Now that the commission is gone, who's going to promote these trains? And when we say gone, is it actually, is the commission really gone or? It's a good question. Um, so the, the, the rail commission as it's currently made up um, is evolving. Um, I'll say evolving to, uh, um, to the Front Range Passenger Rail District. Um, we can talk about that a little bit later. Um, that was created by Senate Bill 238 in the Colorado legislature. But um, for, for right now, um, we'll touch on that in a minute. But uh, so the commission, as it's currently made up, uh, will be, I suppose, gone. Um, but it'll uh, their work will be taken up by the um, Front Range Passions Rail District. Uh, additionally, for, you know, for the Southwest Chief Line and those long distance lines, um, you know, CDOT's really uh, we've got a we've got a new passenger rail program manager on board. Um, he's really getting involved with the Southwest Chief efforts. Uh Trinidad right now, I'm working on their shelter efforts um, in, uh, in the Southwest Chief through car alternatives analysis. We've got that kicked up as well. So 
Um, the Division of Transit and Rail at CDOT uh, is, has a renewed focus on long-distance uh, Amtrak networks, the Zephyr and the Southwest Chief. Um, and additionally, uh, the, the new rail district has a, has a very strong vested interest in the Southwest Chief as well. Um, we've got good representation from the South Central Council of Governments um, from Pueblo. Uh, and so, you know, the, the, the work's not going to fall off. Um, we're all still focused on the Southwest Chief and making sure that that, uh, that service continues to run. Well, that, that, that should answer one of our listener questions here from, from a listener who almost seems to be saying that he, he feels abandoned but he must not feel abandoned. And um, as I say, we, when I get these questions, I always say, well, come on the show. We'll interview here. No, 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 they don't want to be interviewed. So they just, they just want to answer the, well, us to answer the questions. All right. So it, it's just a shift in focus, really, more than anything else. Uh, you know, I wouldn't even say it's a shift in focus. Um, I think it's adding focus, you know, when we're looking at the front range passenger rail service north of Pueblo. Um, but, you know, all the technical work, uh, uh, you know, we just submitted for a build grant um, and got really strong support uh, from the state. Uh, you know, the state legislature provided $12 million um, to this project. And again, these are kind of these final last uh, infrastructure improvements along that line between uh, La Junta and Trinidad to make sure that that service keeps going. And so, um, you know, Pueblo, I just got off a call with, uh, with their team who are looking at a station area plan down in the city of Pueblo. Um, eventually, the, the idea there is to, uh, um, to have front range passenger rail service uh, going into Pueblo, um, to have the, uh, the Southwest Chief rerouted, hopefully one day, um, to go up into Pueblo, maybe, maybe Colorado Springs if we're lucky. Um, but again, it's, uh, it's all part of one big passenger rail uh, uh, vision um, for the state of Colorado. So, um, you know, we, we haven't changed our focus. We still want to make sure that we're, uh, we're providing those necessary improvements to the Southwest Chief uh, and um, making sure that we can keep those trains running because we know how big they are for, uh, for that Southeastern community. For, for, well, yeah, for this part of the world. And also, well, just, just a, a brief uh, plug here for uh, what's being done with, with um, the regional bus service. We had a gentleman on here not long ago on the show who manages the... Uh, the bus service for all these little towns like Hooper and Del Norte and, uh, uh, you know, all the tiny places that depend on that bus service. And their plan is eventually to have all of that sort of, you wouldn't say terminate, but, but center on uh, Pueblo. Mm -hmm. And so wouldn't that be fabulous? Because if they are now centering on Pueblo, maybe they could, you know, if, if the chief, if the chief were to come to Pueblo, then they could set up their um, set up their schedules to jibe with the chief. Now, right now, they're talking about maybe trying to jibe somehow with uh, La Junta, but I think that would be pretty hard to do. Although I suppose you could run rail from, well, we used to have rail from Pueblo to La Junta. Mm -hmm. The rails are still are still there. I don't know. Do you care to comment on all that at all or those yeah, possibilities? It's yeah, it's something that we're continuing to look at uh, is, is, you know, I think the end goal for everybody involved uh, to date with the Southwest Chief and Front Range Passenger Rail Commission has been that reroute um, uh, between Pueblo and, and La Junta and, and Trinidad. Um, and so, you know, it's, it's out there. We know those rails are there. Um, they would need certainly a little bit of improvement um, based on the fact that, you know, it's, it's a less used uh, line there. 
Um, but, you know, we're, we're trying to take all options into consideration um, and we want to do this efficiently. We want to do this uh, financially responsibly. Um, and so uh, we're, we're in that process right now. Uh, we just kicked off the Southwest Chief through car alternatives analysis. And what that looks at um, is operationally, is this feasible? Um, technically, is this feasible? How can we actually make these trains get north? Um, and, uh, and so, yeah, so that, that process is moving along. Um, this is the first step in, in making that happen. Um, and uh, I think that we're all really, uh, really excited by the prospects, um, certainly with all the community engagement that we've had um, along the southern part of the, of the front range. Community engagement, indeed. There's, yeah. a, there's a lot of it out there. And, um, uh, well, um, we just, just, well, as long as we're picking this one apart a little bit, um, I wonder how we how are we how are we doing with the improvements on the on the Southwest Chief? I I understand they're upgrading the dining car somewhat and doing some things there. I haven't ridden it in a while. Our our our, our rail gang our rail gang we're, our Christmas trip this year is to um, actually to Las Vegas, New Mexico. So we'll certainly certainly be on that train. Well, probably prior to the Christmas trip, which is always the first first week in December, and uh, our engineer, I'm sure, has it on his calendar, <laughs> December sixth this year, the Rail Group Christmas trip to uh, Las Vegas, New Mexico, and to stay in that wonderful old hotel down there, which is right at at uh, trackside. That's uh, La Castaneda. Uh, we could go into who Castaneda was, but that's a a long ways away from where we are this morning. Uh, this show does wander around. Um, okay, okay. Now, back to that, though, a little bit. Um, as you know, Conductor Brad, who is a huge supporter, um, rail supporter, and longtime Amtrak conductor, he invited a bunch of rail fans to sit on his uh, back back lawn, really, uh, up there above the Big Ten curves, up above Golden to watch the Big Ten curves as the Zephyr, uh, the California Zephyr, rolled into Union Station, which you can see the whole thing from where he lives way up high there. But it, it didn't roll in. <laughs> it didn't roll in that day because what happened that day was that uh, they had a mudslide. And um, I don't know, have you followed that, Spencer? How... Have, uh, have, how 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 often has that mudslide been been down there on the Union Pacific tracks? Or so um, I paid a little bit of attention. Um, it is admittedly a bit outside of my area. Um, I'm focused on Southwest Chief and, and Front Range Passenger Rail, um, but I do know that Union Pacific worked uh, worked hand in hand with the with uh, the state with CDOT um, to try to make sure those tracks were clear, both for passenger and freight purposes. Um, and to my knowledge, I believe they're back. Uh, the chief is, or I'm sorry, the Zephyr um, is back up and running uh, with service again. Um, don't quote me on that though, because I did need to double check this morning. I know that there was some rain rolling in. Well, so. yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, to my knowledge, uh, they worked really quickly. Um, again, on the other side of the river, there the tracks, uh, in comparison to the interstate, um, I think uh, you know certainly suffered uh, some damage there. Um, but as far as I know, and again, this is a little bit outside of my area, um, they were able to get that cleaned up fairly quickly. No, but one, one, as we continue to promote passenger rail, one of the things we promote is the fact that we, we are all, we are offering really an alternative 
to the um, I-25, to alternatives to the, the uh, state roads cutting through there, even alternatives to Colorado Springs, although that's another story too. Uh, I mentioned to you, we, there were a couple kind of negative stories in the Colorado Springs paper. I'm sure you saw those. And I, I, I just don't quite know how to respond to that because they're, I don't know, how did you feel? I'm sure you read both of those. One, one from one of their commissioners. I used to be a county commissioner, so I know how easy it is to sound off on a topic when you know very little about, about <laughs> the topic. <laughs> but uh, but uh, th- th- this uh, this commissioner sounding off saying it'll never work. They'll, people will never go up and down the front range. They're going to stick to their cars. So what we need are six lanes of I-25. That will solve it once we get all those lanes built. And uh, I don't know. You read that. I read it. I thought, wait a minute. There, this this is what what. Please comment on that, Spencer. What what do you think? I mean, you know, we don't want to make an enemy of this guy, but right. you know, it's uh, you know, um, I did read the articles. Um, I do know what you're yeah. referencing here, uh, and I think I'll just make a couple of points. Um, first being that you know we, we can build highways all day, um, and if we could build our way out of congestion, I think that you would uh, you would see that elsewhere in the um, in the country. You know, California has eight lane highways, um, twelve lane highways, and uh, they still have congestion. So what we really need to do here in Colorado is look at um, travel options, um, kind of expanding the different methods um, that you can get north to south. Um, when you look at the, the demographics of, of the country as a whole, um, and, and also as the um, Front Range region specifically, uh, you know, we're noticing uh, trends where there are certain segments of, uh, of our population, of our community, who aren't driving as much anymore. Um, the younger crowd. Uh, my little sister is eight years younger than me. Um, I think that she falls into Gen Z. Um, and the Gen Z kids, they're, they're not buying cars. Uh, they're, they're looking at it and saying, hey, you know, there's a cheaper alternative um, via public transportation or, or whatever it may be. Um, on the other end, uh, there's a lot of folks who are, uh, you know, they're just not comfortable driving I-25 anymore. Um, it's gotten really dangerous. Uh, it's, it's moving very quickly with a lot of cars. Um, when weather rolls in, uh, you guys know how hairy the, the gap between Denver and Colorado Springs can get. So really trying to expand on the options and, and make it um, traveling north and south uh, available to everybody in a comfortable fashion. Um, additionally, particular to Colorado Springs, uh, I just would love to plug uh, for a moment that, you know, the city of Colorado Springs has uh, recently taken a, a renewed interest in a station area plan. Um, you know, they're kicking off a station area location study uh, as we speak. Um, and so you see at a community level um, that there is support uh, for passenger rail into and out of Colorado Springs. Um, up and down uh, all of El Paso, really, uh, we've seen it, um, but particularly in the Colorado Springs area, uh, you know, there's a lot of support there. Um, I think people recognize the economic benefits there to uh, um, not just enticing uh, new companies to come into the region, but also connecting education systems. Um, you know, the CU system, Colorado Springs and Boulder and Denver and Anschutz, you know, connecting that in a different manner. Um, uh, healthcare facilities. I mentioned Anschutz, um, but you know, really providing options for for the various needs of of the front range community. And as we grow, we know um, we're really going to need to focus on that because you can only build so many lanes of highway. Yeah. Well, California, I suppose, would be the prime example. Apparently, in the LA area, sometimes you just you can't get there from here. It's 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 that crowded and. Oh, my. Well, 
there, well, there's so many things to consider here. Uh, another one, obviously, well, here's a question I'd forgotten even about. I, this one happened the day before yesterday. I, I happened to be in, in uh, Canyon City and a woman in the uh, restaurant where we were said to me, she said, well, so you, you, you run a rail show? I said, yeah. She said, oh, I listen to your rail show. So she listens from Canyon City and uh, very nice, very nice woman. In fact, a friend of Dan Kreitz from town here. And um, so she listens and she said, well, what she said, what I don't understand is if you're really going to reroute the chief so that it's going to Pueblo, then why isn't it going to go through Canyon City, don't the rails go through Canyon City? And that's, I couldn't answer that. I don't know. What do you know about that, Spencer? <clears throat> I think for, and again, we've just now started to kick off the kind of analysis on how we can um, most quickly and efficiently get to, uh, get to um, Pueblo um, for the Southwest Chief. Uh, and I think just a very initial reaction to that. Um, and again, we've, we've got to do this study and we have to do the actual technical work. Oh, sure. That, um, you know, we really need to focus on, uh, cutting down on travel times. Um, this is a long distance line. Uh, and so generally you find um, stations a little bit further um, separated, um, particularly if we're gonna reroute it and add time to the current existing service. Uh, you know, we really need to make sure that we're not slowing it down so that it's prohibitive um, and, and also technically feasible. Um, you know, what, what kind of rail is on the ground? What's the current infrastructure and, and how can we um, most financially responsibly move that, uh, that line up to Pueblo? Um, you know, if it's going to require a ton of new track uh, investment, we might not have as well of a project to sell there, right? Um, and so uh, we just got to balance um, costs and time savings and, and efficiencies there. Uh, and, and we're just now starting that. So um, I don't want to rule it out completely, right? Like that's, that's, uh, that would be irresponsible, but, um, you know, we're looking at it. I, I can assure you of that. That's, these problems are, they're not really problems. They're opportunities, Yes. I mean, here's here's an opportunity. Somebody, a woman who listens to this show, who, um, you know, she's following all this. She rides, she rides a lot. Well, and she's not one of these. What did you call them? The the young kids. What do they call themselves now? The, I think they're Gen Z now. Maybe Gen Z. Yes. <laughs> the, the Zoomers. I think they're calling themselves now. I'm not sure. The Zoomers. Yeah. <laughs> That is. Cool. I love it. Well, then this show is sort of a Zoomers show. <laughs> well, it's funny. At Rotary Club this morning, uh, we, we we got into all that with some of our younger members who are who are pointing out to us that they want to name themselves. They don't want to be named. <laughs> they don't want to be named by a bunch of Rotarians. So. <laughs> Okay, no grants for them. No, no, no. That's not what I'm saying. But that that that's interesting too. And uh, Gen Z. All right. Um, okay. Now, so um, well, getting now we got it all the way back. So the Southwest Chief is not being abandoned. If anything, it's it's it's. Uh, I think maybe going to get a little more attention. And it sounds like the state legislature is really on board. Because they don't shell out twelve grand. How much was it? Twelve. Uh, yeah, it was it was twelve million for this specific project, and that was through uh, Senate Bill two hundred and sixty, um, the big transportation funding bill. Um, and again, that was that that funding was matched um, from the Transportation Commission and CDOT. Uh, the Rail Commission threw in some money. Um, BNSF providing provided matching funds, Amtrak provided matching funds. There were 
um, I think maybe four or five different local communities who provided match, matching funds. And again, specifically for this project to, to finish off those remaining infrastructure improvements that were, uh, that were required um, to keep the Southwest Chief line um, open and running. And so uh, seeing a ton of investment right now to, to make sure that um, we can continue to provide uh, service for those communities in the Southeast, because we, we do understand how important it is and we wanna make sure that we don't lose that in the state. So that's north out of Trinidad. You'll now see what probably long well, probably welded rail, maybe yes. more. Yes, uh, moving to continuous welded rail. Um, I think that there may be some uh, some tie improvements in there. Um, and uh, I'm trying to remember everything in the scope. It's been a it's been a, about six eight weeks since we've uh, submitted that. Um, so yeah, uh, continuous welded rail. Um, a couple of tie improvements. I think there may be one siding that needs to be upgraded, um, and maybe some uh, some PTC um, upgrades as well. So uh, I can go back and look. But again, I know the, uh, the the majority of that work is is uh, upgrading the rail. Yeah. Well, that's that's really exciting. And well, now okay. Now what about? Well, since we're getting we're down in the weeds here, but you know, uh, real rail fans love this part of the show. <laughs> we do get down in the weeds. Now, what about the approach to the uh, tunnel at uh, Raton. That has been a, a problem, I know, in the past. Yeah, uh, so, for, so for that any... would be just outside of our project limits um, for, for this particular grant. Uh, I know that the next stage um, of improvements for the Southwest Chief is we're going to continue to look west um, into the Raton Pass and then into New Mexico as far as what they need to have done as well. So yeah. um, just kind of... Uh, taking this one bite at a time uh, and working our way through the line. Uh, it's, it's been successful over the last 10 years in getting all these improvements done. And so uh, just continuing that process uh, as we move into New Mexico. That's pretty exciting because um, it, it always seems anytime I'm on that train, it always seems to take forever just to get North out of Trinidad. I, I, why it's so slow. So you're saying we're going to have welded rail, Probably better signaling, I suppose. Yep. yep. You know. That'll all be a component. Um, and just as, a, as an added benefit uh, to the Colorado community, um, you know, all that rail is, is, uh, is probably going to come from Pueblo, um, you know, from the Everest facility. So uh, really seeing strong state, federal, and local investment in our, uh, in our passenger rail systems and freight rail systems. Quite yeah, and apparently um, Pueblo is the big, the big builder of continuous welded rail that's, that's right they're, they're number one that's and right. have you seen those cars when they pull out those long oh, are yeah. they, what are they about a quarter mile long of, uh, they're, they're long um i don't know if you've ever seen a picture of them going around uh, around the curve but um that continuous welded rail uh it has a little bit of bend in it um and it snaps back so uh, if you can find a picture it's, it's quite interesting those are really long rail systems yeah, yeah. Hey, Florence, that are made there. may I break oh, in? Oh, there was a, a question from the engineer. Question from the head end? Well, we'll answer it. Go ahead. I got a little situation up here. We've got about five minutes left to the show. Uh -oh. and, uh, I spilled my coffee all over the place. And oh, no. I'm getting that, but I wanted to let you know that. And I wanted to let your online listeners know that KHEN is a community radio station. And if you're listening online, please consider going over to the donate button. Your money is very wisely spent down there. And uh, I just got my coffee kind of wiped up and I'll pass it back. We've got about four minutes to go for us. Four minutes and then, and then we take a break. While we take the break, you can, you can sop up your coffee. That's the, <laughs> thing about, that's the thing about those old E-units. My God, they, they vibrate away. Not the new Amtrak 
the, the new Amtrak Chargers, which has anybody seen one of those? Oh, those are beautiful engines. Even though they are, Amtrak hopes that that's the last iteration of the traditional passenger engine. Isn't that interesting? And we could get into all that, but uh, they, they, those are the engines of the past, even though they're just being delivered now, because um, the future is going to be electric. Electric cars with apparently a battery in each car. So you'd have a dining car with its own battery and they charge that up, I guess. I, I don't know. Wow. Uh, batteries do last longer. I guess they last longer than they, I don't know. Spencer, you, you want to comment on any of that? Or are we going to do that next segment or what? Um, I think I can add a quick comment in here uh, while we have a little bit of time. Um, you know, battery technology is advancing every day, uh, every week. Um, and so we have seen over the last, certainly last three years, five years, 10 years, um, that, that those uh, locomotive batteries are getting stronger and more durable and um, longer lasting uh, as we invest in, and kind of focus on that as, as, a, um, as a country. Uh, we, for the front range passenger rail system, certainly want to leave every technolo- um, technology option open uh, today. Um, and certainly, you know, the idea of passenger rail, one of them is, is to see if you can get vehicles off the road and, and cut down on greenhouse gas emissions. And so if we can do that with technology, great, um, wonderful. Uh, but again, working with Amtrak, working with the class one railroads, just to make sure that what we do um, is going to be okay on, on certain rail systems. And so, uh, yeah, leaving every option uh, for the future open. As you guys know, technology changes fast and we don't want to um, uh, predetermine anything um, that could cut us out of a cool new technology. All we can say at this side is, wow. And when you very quickly listed all the partners on the improvements that are going to happen, I presume probably this summer down there, you just casually mentioned BNSF. Now, that that is the railroad which back in my back in my days when when I was on the old Rocky Mountain Rail Authority, I represented a couple of counties on the, on there, and a couple of groups of county commissioners we were, and uh, the class ones. And the BNSF, well, anyway, the class ones were, were sort of saying, hey, that's your problem. You want to run? That's fine. We'll charge you. We don't care, you know, what kind of rails. Now, here they are at the table saying, we're going to donate money. We're going to put, not donate, we're going to put money in there. Listen, very, we're getting a signal from the engineer, signal from the head end. We, oh, we're only, well, look at this. We're not even a third of the way through our questions. Spencer, if you wouldn't mind, um, well, even if you would mind, we have to go away for a while. And uh, the engineer will tell us how long we're going away for. How long are we going away for in this segment? Well, we do these, uh, we broadcast these shows twice for us, you know. And so uh, these sections are, um, they're a week apart on the air, right? Not Not even time for you to hit the delete button if one, if Spencer or I, Drop an F bomb. <laughs> now, now, why don't we? Oh, no. Why don't Never we mind. This I can't imagine either of us doing that. But that's okay. You're railroad men. Yeah, that was true in the old days. All right. Well, well folks, this this wraps up this segment of On the Rails. Um, don't get out of the caboose. Stay in the caboose. Reach down here. Get. We've got ice cubes in the cooler. We've uh, we've got some beverages under the conductor's seat down here and uh, relax for a bit and then. That's, we're going to wrap up this segment of On the Rails. And we wrap up every segment by giving a big highball so they know we're going. So you know how to, the, the bigger the highball, the faster we go. 
One, two, three. Eyeball! Eyeball. Cahen is sponsored in part by Soulcraft Brewing, Salida's hometown brewery, offering a large selection of traditional and seasonal craft beers. Their spacious patio features cozy fire pit tables for outdoor warmth on chilly days. Fresh food is served daily at the Soul Shack food truck, featuring snacks like wings and pretzels, and full meals like sandwiches, burgers, and a delicious brunch on Sunday. Soulcraft is open daily for happy hour, lunch, and dinner.